Welcome to the SCORE Music and Sports Podcast, where we talk with some of the greatest names from the stadium and stage about the music and sports that shaped their lives. I'm John Adams. In my years of working in the music and sports arenas, I've experienced firsthand the surprising connections between these two industries. Together, through this podcast, we will explore this crossover relationship. All of our podcasts have an accompanying Spotify playlist that showcases the music we discuss with each of our guests. Search for The Score on Spotify. Grab a blender, toss in some 90s alternative leanings, some personal and conversational lyrics, with a dash of danceable elation, and blend till smooth. Then, you'll have Grayscale, the rock band out of Philly, and we'll talk with lead singer Colin Walsh right after this. Hi, this is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Right now, the coronavirus is affecting all of us, but for communities of color, the impact is especially devastating. Sadly, this pandemic amplifies the real-life consequences of existing economic and social inequalities. That's why the NBA is partnering with the National Urban League to help inform, represent, and empower communities of color. This is a time for all of us to help all of us. And the more we understand the issues, the more we will be able to solve them. Now, more than ever, we need to be in this together. Be safe, be informed, and get engaged. And welcome back to the SCORE Music and Sports Podcast. Today, we get to chat with founding member and lead vocalist for the rock group Grayscale. This is Colin Walsh. Colin, how are you? I'm well, John. How are you doing today, man? Thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, to to have you here because I am an an Eagles fan. I am a, an unabashed Eagles fan, and you being from Philly, I would assume you have that same fandom. You you are exactly correct, and I was not aware that you were an Eagles fan until now. Um, so that's just very exciting for me. <laughs> very exciting. Well, you know, I, I was raised right, so good. Yeah. Oh. But but my, my path to fandom was a little bit more bizarre. I liked them when I was a kid because they had green uniforms. And then when I started to watch Randall Cunningham, I was like, okay, this is this is actually really cool. So yeah, then I yeah. started to watch the the product on the field. Right, which in that era was a different a different story. I, I'm sure that you had a great time when uh, 2018 with the uh, with the the Super Bowl championship. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, we so I lived in in the city at that time with some of the other guys in the band, and we watched the Super Bowl. It was with our creative director Jordan and our drummer Nick. Um, we watched it in our apartment um, on Second Street in uh, in Northern Liberties, and when it concluded, uh, we walked out. We were there for everything. We watched the hotel. That one hotel thing collapsed, like the the banner banister out front. Like we watched people. Going up the poles, breaking windows, all of it. So it was, uh, yeah, it was like the craziest thing ever. Because you know how like the people are here. It's like just the fandom is insane. So like it's yeah. it's seeing all of these insane Philadelphian people that like it, it's this blissful rioting. It's like the craziest thing. It's like this everybody's hugging each other and then like in tandem throwing <laughs> through windows. It's like it was like the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. But it was like definitely a moment I will never forget. And you know. I'm 26 now, so I wasn't around for like the era of you know Carmichael and Cunningham and all of those early yeah. super exciting cool Eagles players. But just knowing the history of you know it's one of the oldest franchises that's never won 
we had won championships before they became Super Bowls, but um, never had having won a Super Bowl. And to do it in, in the most Philadelphia underdog fashion <laughs> with the whole Foles thing, like, I remember saying, like, to all of us together, being like, they're, they're, they're going to make a documentary about this. Like, they're going to. I know they're going to because it's just, you know, with the play calling and the Super Bowl and now Foles has got this bronze statue. And the way that that's kind of <laughs> trickled down into, like, the Eagles now and, and moving forward, I feel like there's like the, there's always going to be this this Wentz Foles, you know, kind of like unique crazy narrative. And now you you added more you know coal to that fire with the drafting of um, Jalen Hurts in the second round. So that's right. It's just it's just crazy and like it was such a crazy amazing moment in history um, for anybody in Philadelphia and like something that I'm I'm so thankful that I was old enough to appreciate and and be a part of. So yeah, man. Philly fan is passionate to say the least are you pat as passionate about about the 76ers or the flyers the the phillies um yeah i mean i'm i'm all in on everyone i, I kind of like i've had to mentally take a hiatus from the flyers for a while yeah um, just because of the, so many years but like now i mean of course the year where we're really putting it together and all the young talent is coming to fruition of course the season ends because like they were absolutely going to make a run um sixers uh, like I love them during the AI phase. Like I kind of, you know, kind of, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm always, I'm always supporting them. I guess it's just a matter of who's, who is the most active, like, you know, who you can get behind, like, you know, when they're, when they're, when they're, um, you know, contenders, but I, I'm always, I'm always all in four for four fan for all, all of the, all of the sports, regardless of, um, you know, how good they're actually going to be always supporting them for sure. And who is your favorite athlete then? to watch whether it's whether it's a Philly guy or not hmm good question I feel like Embiid Embiid is my favorite basketball player to watch right on um I, I just think Joel Embiid the way the unique skill set the Akeem Olajuwon parallels the um just like the big man game uh in 2020 like how he still keeps elements of this like physical dominance like the eight the good you know like the magic and bird era you know, like the '80s, like the the serious physical basketball era eras. Like, Embiid brings this like nostalgic presence. You know that I kind of like. Um, like it, it just I don't know. There's something there. It's he's just one of those old school players that's so fun to watch, and um, and it's, obviously like his how graceful he is for his size is so unique and interesting. Yes, and he has a, like a like a D first mentality as well, and not a whole lot right. of players have that. Totally, totally, and it's just it's just insane to see somebody of his size, you know, do what he does, like just like down low, and even like his, you know, to to be the size that he is and have like a fairly average three point shot percentage, being seven foot one or whatever, like is, you know, it's it's just crazy. So I think he's super fun and dynamic to watch. Um, I really enjoyed. There was a kid. Uh, last year, Josh Adams for the Eagles, or I guess two years ago, Josh Adams was like the yes. leading rusher on the, the Eagles. And I, my family, like are a big Notre Dame football family. Like we just have been since we were, since we could walk, like just in <laughs> terms of like college football, just my um, grandparents lived in Indiana when, and like when my, a lot of my family grew up there um, near South Bend and then eventually moved to Philadelphia, wait, going way back. My, my whole family's super rooted in like Irish Catholic tradition. So um, we love Notre Dame always so watching josh adams go to the eagles two years ago he was actually undrafted and became like one of the leading rushers um before miles sanders took over that was really exciting but then he actually got released and went i think he went off to the jets and bounced around um Mm -hmm. but 
really like Josh Adams. Uh, I really, really like, I love watching Zach Ertz. Um, I love Embiid and basketball. Um, I mean, obviously, every time, like, Harper comes to bat um, for the Phillies, like, obviously, you know, Nick and I, our drummer, as soon as Harper signed with the Phillies, um, as soon as that signing happened, we went and bought, like, you know, 15 tickets just throughout throughout last year's season. We went to a ton of games. <laughs> um, granted, his performance was underwhelming to a lot of people, but baseball is baseball. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not going to hit a home run every time he's at bat. So, definitely, I would say Harper's another one that's just, you know, those are, like, my main... Philadelphia athletes that I love outside of Philadelphia. I mean, there's a ton going back in time, but I could, you know, I could talk about that all day. <laughs> and Harper is one of those guys that it, you, if you're in Philadelphia right now, you love him. But if you're oh, outside yeah. of Philadelphia or outside of that fandom, you hate him. That's just exactly. he's so polarizing. He is. And, and it's, he's like, I think just his attitude, like it seems a little more tame now, but like, you know, in, in Washington, just he would, kind of was like a firecracker and would go after people and yelling at people. Like he, he just like fired people up. And like, I think that attitude coming into Philly is like, obviously the fans appreciate that. And to your point, it's like, we hate Sidney Crosby with everything <laughs> that we possibly can hate him for. But if that, if that dude was drafted to the flyers, you know how obsessed we would be with Sidney Crosby. Like grant, like we hate him because he's not on our team, but he, if, if Sidney Crosby played for the flyers, you know, it would be crazy. That's right. We'd love him. That's right. So it's, but that's Philly, man. It's like if you, it's just funny too. Like this recent draft, everybody, myself included, like with all the news and stuff leading up to it, it was like, oh, they're going to get up and take CeeDee Lamb, the kid from um, Oklahoma. He's, he's the mm-hmm. best receiver. We really need a receiver. And then he didn't. And like I had this, this four hour period of like disappointment. And then by the fifth hour, I'm like, yo, well, I hate him, dude. Whatever. <laughs> like if you know, he's on Dallas, like, okay, well, I'm just going to hate him for the rest of his career. Like it, it's just like, that's just the way it is. It's like, that's just the way we were raised. It's like, it's why it's the best sports city in the world. And like during that, that season or, you know, the past seasons, like when we're living in the city, like you can, I always say this to people when they ask about like how crazy the Philly sports fandom is. And I explained to them, like, if I want to run to Dunkin' Donuts, like during the game, one of the games, like if the one o'clock game on Sunday, you know, it's like, I want to run and get a like an afternoon coffee. I can look through the windows of all of the apartments in the row homes and follow the game all the way to <laughs> the Dunkin' Donuts three blocks away and all the way back without missing anything because every single house has it on and no one's out. You know what I mean? It's like everybody is watching. It's like, it's just like such a cool, unique thing. And I feel like until you, you know, live in Philadelphia, or at least understand like the fandom here. It's like, you just don't, you don't quite grasp how, how cool and unique it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, unique for sure. And and the only thing that I could relate it to are the mini fandoms that you see in Europe where the team is so much uh, identified with the community that it's in. And within Philly, you see that where everyone has pride in, in the, the Philly teams, whether they're good or they're not, but in, in Los Angeles, passive fan base unless the Dodgers are on a tear or unless you know USC is doing well whatever but you don't get that in Philly it's die hard all the time it's part of the fabric of the community it's a perfect example yeah no that's a perfect way to put it it's almost it's almost like cultural like that's like the Mm -hmm. kind of the adjective I would explain it to your point like in Europe it's like yeah it's this crazy love even if we're bad it's just like it's this cultural part where I feel like Philly is like 
kind of the underdog city to New York and like it's it's like the younger brother that <laughs> like you know people don't quite care about as much and like we just have this chip on our shoulder and we put so much behind it compared to other cities and it, it is it is almost cultural like a European you know national soccer team it's, mm-hmm. it's just insane but yeah man so definitely proud to be a Philly sports fan for for what it's worth for all the good and the bad <laughs> and what's the first professional sports event that you went to that you attended um, good question. I feel like I was super, super into sports when I was a kid. Like, I mean, obviously every kid wants to play in the NFL. Um, we, uh, I, I don't think I have the physical attributes to do that now. So it was probably the right choice sticking with music, but, um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like it was definitely in, in the era of me being super into football like growing up, like youth and middle school and high school. I feel like mm-hmm. I would think, I would think I probably an Eagles game was the first one. I mean, I've definitely been to a lot of Flyers games, um, a good amount of Eagles games. Uh, handful of Sixers games, a ton of Phillies games. I feel like honestly, it just comes down to like what I can afford. I feel like the Eagles are like I love to go to Eagles games all the time, but you know how you know the ticket prices are insane for any kind of t- seat at the link at the link. So, oh, for um, any NFL game, yeah, I mean any NFL game. Yeah. I guess that's true, but yeah, it's just like you know, I just go, I just go whenever and however I can. You know, a lot of the time, like friends have tickets or an extra one or whatever. We'll. We'll stub hum, hub them whenever we can, but yeah, I don't know what the first one was. Honestly, I, it could have been any of them. I'd have to ask my dad or something. How about the biggest game that you went to? Whether it's a if, for a personal reason or playoff reason or yeah. what have you. Biggest game would probably be the Flyers Devils playoff game. Um, it was the elimination game in Philly. It was like Game Six against the against the New Jersey Devils. Um, a lot like almost our entire band was like we all went nick nick do you remember I'm, our drummer nick here do you remember <laughs> what year that was when we went to that playoff game against the devils we had to be in like high school it was probably like 2011 2012 like in that time frame somewhere oh right on. Um, we okay. went yeah we, we went i would say like it was when i was in like in high school like late high school so um it had to be around there whatever that year was when they were they got eliminated um against the devils at home Oh, so so you went to a big game that was a heartbreaker. The best Philadelphia game that I've been to was was it was this last year. It was the Phillies when we scored. I think it was the Braves, but I don't remember. But we scored eleven runs in the first inning. It was whatever game that was. <laughs> it was insane. That was like the most exciting game I've ever been to. It was the Phillies scored eleven runs in the first inning against whatever team that was this past season. The, the biggest, most you know, profound game, most impactful, important game I went to, they lost to the Devils. I haven't mm-hmm. been to a, a big game, like a playoff type of game like that, where they've won, unfortunately. Well, if you went to a, to a Phillies game against the Braves where they score 11 runs in the first, then that's, I believe so. that's, that's doubly fun because it's against a rival, too, in an in-division rival. That's great. Right. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. was sweet. It tasted so good, for sure. <laughs> Have you ever been to a game where they played your music? no no um i know they 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 put it on like sunday night football during like cutting to commercials it's played before like the mm-hmm. falcons patriots um rematch game in like 2018 or 2017 like the, it was the first i think it was the first game of the season whatever year that was i think it was like two years ago they played one of our songs on sunday night football which is pretty sick but um i don't think in the stadium specifically no we have some like mutual friends in like the sixers organization like their photographer mm-hmm. and we've become pretty good friends with them like they're they're like spokesperson like their hype guy that um does like the like all the live stuff on court like between between quarters for the sixers so 
um, we're kind of become like good friends with those, that crew. And they kind of come to some of our shows and they came out on work tour and like they gave us a tour of the Sixers practice facility, um, like a private tour of everything and walked us through the whole campus and stuff. So yeah, we've, um, we have some good, like some solid connections with some of like, you know, the, the, the franchises in some way, but mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever had our game played that I'm aware of at least. Well, we're going to have to change that, especially with the Phillies. Those guys are great over there. And their, <laughs> their, their DJ and their game ops, their game presentation people are phenomenal. So we'll have, we'll have, to, we'll have to help you out a little bit on that one. Very nice. So, yeah, yeah. I, would, I would love to make that happen, man. For sure. I was thinking off of, the, off of the latest album, Nella Vita, Baby Blue has such a great summer feel to that track. <laughs> Totally. Yeah, I think that would be a really good one. It sure. is. It's a good it's a good feeling track. I love that tr- I love that one from the from the new one. Totally. Thank you. And I think we put that record out in September, but to your point, now that we're you know, after you put a record out, it's like, you know, you wait like 6 months go by. It's okay. Got it got a great response. Super thankful for like our fans especially cuz we kind of took a step um, more in like the pop direction with a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that song specifically Baby Blue you know, you get to a point six months to a year into, into a record cycle and your label and you kind of reconvene and you're like, okay, well, what do we want to make like another kind of like organic push towards? Like, what do we want to, if we're, we're going to pick like one more to kind of focus on, like to kind of keep us going, keep the momentum to this cycle, what would it be? And us and the label Fearless Records kind of decided Baby Blue again, like let's push that one again, you know, online and everything hard with press and stuff. One more time this summer for the exact reasons you just said, it kind of mm-hmm. has this feel good. Um, pop song that people can get behind um, parents kids whatever so yeah I I, uh, I think that would be a good one that we take to the Phillies and be like yo let's go time to, time to let this rip through the summer yes this is this is a summer a summer track man let's go and totally man yeah once we get baseball back that's that's the direction that we got to go in but for sure even if even if we bring baseball back and there's no fans yeah it's fine with me just rip it rip it through Citizens Bank parts to the players I don't even care the album Nella Vita has the 12th track, the last track on there. I wanted to to chat about that for a minute if you if you don't mind cuz Yeah, yeah. No, go for it, man. Tommy's song is a significant track. Would you mind telling the story behind that track? No, yeah. Um okay. so my my younger cousin took his own life about it was a, a year, it was April 22nd of last year. So it's been just over a year. Or I'm sorry, 2 years. I think because mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember when we actually recorded the record versus when we put it out. I think it would have been two years. Um, I'm bad with timelines, but he took his own life a year or two ago. Um, mm-hmm. We wrote a, I, I wrote a song about it immediately after it happened and kind of um, just to kind of help uh, get over what happened and, and how it happened. And um, I just kind of immediately like within the next, a couple, like probably two or three days of it happening, I, I wrote, all of the lyrics that you heard in that song were written closed in like my journal and I didn't touch them for a long time. Mm. And then when it came time to start um, <clears throat> demoing out some songs for, for our second full length record, Nella Vida, we, we dug that lyric sheet up and started as like this kind of picking guitar thing um, where it was like one picking guitar and me kind of telling the story about um, me like going through and telling the story of, you know, the events leading up to uh, what happened and what happened, you know, how, how I kind of reflected on it a little bit. And, um, yeah, we, we just, we dug it up and worked through it with, with a, a picking guitar kind of instrumental. And eventually when we got to the studio, um, just kind of like 
some some of the we kind of realized how special it could be and, and how how special like I, I really wanted it to be and, and just as a band instrumentally we were like okay well how can we really give this legs really bring it to life so we had um, one of our good friends who's a, a concert pianist um, write this like kind of advanced piano ballad type of foundation and we, we retract the song again as a demo but to this piano ballad and then um, throughout the recording process we came to the conclusion that we were like this song needs to end the album and if it's going to end it it's got to end on this profound kind of statement so the the chords chosen in in on the piano track were kind of like similar like they have this like it's such a weird adjective to use but like this eucharistic vibe like this this church vibe just like the no, way that's a, it, it that's a great description much, yeah it sounds yeah. very much like a catholic funeral like that's kind of what um it it, it felt like and our friend skylar who's an incredible pianist like i said did it, and he, he sent a bunch of versions over and we heard that one we we were like yeah that's the one let's roll with that and through that recording process as we continued to build we realized like okay well let's really lean into this eucharistic funeral vibe so let's um we, we contacted like a gospel choir and had them come out and sing that that ending, um, I heard gospels sing in my head, angels, they're holding your hands. Um, so that those vocal lines, they kind of, at the end of that song, we, we wanted to have this anthemic ending where this choir would come in and take that Eucharistic vibe to the next level. Um, and then I would kind of finish it out with this kind of talking spoken word outro part. And it's exactly what happened. And that's what we were able to execute at the studio. And it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, I feel like a lot of the times, especially creatively, you picture something going a certain way and it, uh, so so many times it, it, ne- it doesn't necessarily end up exactly how you want it. It's always a little bit different. I mean, that's just like part of being an artist and yeah. kind of understanding that and, and um, dealing with it. And I think I'm very much like a perfectionist in a lot of way, like in my personal life um, as, as an artist, et cetera. So, you know, I've just kind of gotten used to it, but it can be hard for me sometimes. Whereas that song, I feel like we, it, it's like the one song that I felt, you know, there was only one way it could possibly be. And we somehow did that. And then um, we, we wanted to play it one time and one time only at our, our, like our, the big headlining show at the end of our first headlining tour in Philadelphia at the FTLA on South Street. Um, so we actually, without telling anybody, we didn't even tell our manager or our label or anybody who like had flown in for the show that we, we hired um, a, a, a full Baptist choir from West Philly to come and sing um, that outro part with us. So nobody knew. And we just were like, okay, we're going to, we managed to record this song. The only way that we, we knew it, like it should be to give it justice. Um, and so we need to perform it at that same level one time and then be done with it. Um, and it just, for me on a personal level, level, like I, I kind of got this outrageous amount of like closure from, from this story and this thing that just originally was me writing my journal. Like it came to life as a song. You know, and then as like, you know, our band who are like, like brothers to me, like I've known them since we were kids and our producer managed to bring it to this, this ascended level. And then to be able to do that live in front of our fans and then, then know the implications of it just one time only. And um, we got it on video and we actually made this campaign for, um, we partnered partner with the AFSP, the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention and donated like a sizable amount of donations that we, we raised through our fan base and, and people um, seeing that video and, and learning about kind of the story. And um, it was just this cool, amazing thing. And it really was just for me to get closure as, as a, like just emotionally as a human. And it became this thing that 
I've had so many stories from fans and people coming up to me and telling me how much they can relate to it and how much it's impacted them and, you know, saved them or made them rethink, you know, some of those thoughts that they may have been having on a, on a, on a personal level. So it definitely is a very important, cool part of the history of our band. And, and again, it's like just to be able to take something and, and see it out all the way to the end, thanks mm-hmm. to the team around me and, and the members of our, you know, of our band and our team and everything to be able to do that is really, really special to me. And I'm very thankful. And, um, it's just, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't have wanted it to come out any other way. Because of the story of it and those that have been impacted by a loved one taking their own life, you can immediately relate to, to this song. It is a really great piece, and I love that that's what you end the album with. I did wonder, what, what did your family think? What was their reaction to the track? Well, we, I, I mean, I'm always kind of under the the uh, mental approach of like do it and then be- and then ask for forgiveness later. Like, sure. Don't beg for people's permission in life too much. But that was something definitely where we had recorded mm. it all. Um, and I think regardless of what anybody in my family was going to say, I would have, we would have put it out. Sure. Um, not, I mean, not to be incentive. Like, I don't mean that in an incentive. I, I think like no, it would have really, really, it would have really, really had to be something that somebody had a problem with, but knowing the dynamic of my family, like, I, I knew it wouldn't be like a major problem. What mm-hmm. I did consider it being a problem and I had to call my uncle and ask permission about was naming it what I named it. Sure. Like we were going to name it gospels. And I was like, we, I just want to name this Tommy song. Like, I just want this to be this remembrance of him. Just, I don't want it to be behind like a veil. Like, let's just call it exactly what it is and dedicate it to him. So um, that I, I asked for like the blessing for, and my uncle was more than supportive of it and was like, you know, I, I'm, I'm thankful that this song exists because it's, it gives this element of, you know, my son or in his son, my cousin, like it, it gives this extra mm-hmm. element to, to his life, to, you know, to uh, like a token to kind of remember him by in addition to all the, you know, other incredible memories like I have of him. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, that part was definitely a little uncomfortable, but I think, I don't know. I think when you experience something like that and unfortunately like, you know, that happens a lot. And even in my family, like this isn't the only kind of crazy thing. Um, sure. it, it's just, it kind of in a weird way in certain situations, like brings certain people together. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. grief is just a weird thing. It really is. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the story behind that song. And you can, you can actually watch it on YouTube. It's on our YouTube page still. It's just, like YouTube slash Grayscale PA, which is the same as all our social media. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go check out that that footage from the show where we performed it once live with the full choir in Philly, still still up. And I also see all the information from it, the the video and the uh, a little bit of the story on uh, the band website as well. Totally, totally, yeah. I think that's. I believe it's still up on the band website as well. Colin, it was great to sit and talk some some sports and some music with you. This was uh, this was a great conversation, man. Thanks for the time. Yeah, and thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Score Music and Sports podcast. You can listen to the music mentioned in this podcast by clicking the Spotify link in the description or by searching the Score on Spotify. Please take a moment to leave a review and share the podcast with your friends and family. For more exclusive interviews and playlists, subscribe to the SCORE Music and Sports Podcast now. If you are in crisis, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 or contact the crisis text line by texting TALK 
to 741741. If you're looking for support, go to afsp.org support.